Uh, so I get the privilege of introducing Misha, so don't come up yet. I'm going to introduce you here. Um, Misha is a gem. <laughs> well, there you go. Um, but I will say a little bit more. Uh, Misha's actually been around her family for a long, long time. She was here as a teen, but I don't know how young. 16. And I won't tell you how old she is now, but she's younger than she looks. So you might think, and she hasn't been here that long, but she has. She's grown up here. And we've watched. She's young. She's older than she looks. Thank you. My, my compliment was reversed somehow. I apologize. Thank you, Julia, for saving me. All right. Okay. That's what family does, right? All right. Poor Misha. You're like, just give me the microphone and be quiet. Okay. Let me just finish really quick to say that one of the things I love about Misha, and you're going you're gonna to see this, is that several people really are gifted at being able to do, which is be super vulnerable. She, she just shares from her heart. Um, she's going to share in such a way that kind of draws you in and, and allows you to come with her. So um, just so grateful for you, Misha. So appreciative. She's, she works with our children and does an amazing job, she and Brett. And um, she's also, yay, and also uh, does a ton of, of our church administration as well. So would you welcome Misha Kazara? Hey guys. Hello. I, I actually do take that as a huge compliment because people always tell me how young I am and I think it's the first time someone was like, oh, you look older. Yes. Um, it was just a couple of years ago. I still got into a high school play um, for the high school price. And I was like, I'm, at the time I was like 25. So I was like, ooh, um, but I'm 28, yay. Um, so I've been here for 12 years, and Brent and Suzanne are like family to me, and mom and dad, and it's been quite the journey. I've gotten to be up here a couple of times now, and I keep thinking I'm used to it, and then the day comes, and I'm like, whew, here it goes again. So, um, but it's fun working with the kids. Um, today, Isaiah got baptized, and he is one of our newer kids who we have quickly taken in and just adore him and seeing him get baptized today. It's, it just feels good. It, it's cool what God's doing in there. I got, I got some time. I'll give you guys a quick testimony. Um, we've been doing the kids ministry now since May. Um, and we started kind of just every week we do uh, soaking time. So we have little X's on the floor and they get to pick their X and sit down. We turn on some soaking music and they sit down and just kind of get to rest as we play worship music, and then we do some kind of an art project after. And so <clears throat> um, Isaiah was one of the ones, uh, one week we were doing a lot in one night. It was a busy night with a ton of kids, and we were moving on to the next thing, and he stops the whole class and raises his hand, and he's like, wait, we forgot soaking time. And we were like, you're right, okay. And so we stopped everything, lay down, and... We had them ask Jesus um, to take them to a place because we were talking about how God can create a safe space for us. And it was cool to hear some of the kids talk. This one little girl drew a picture of an owl and said that God took her to the secret place where she had a pet owl sitting there. 
and um, God just would speak to her that she is loved and beautiful. And this is a girl who's, you know, um, almost junior high. And so it's so cool to have a girl writing that she's beautiful and she's loved. And it's like, if they can attain that at that age and carry it on, like, oh, what would that be like as teenagers to know that you're loved and accepted as who you are and that you carry something that matters? Um, And so when it was time to speak in here, I was going to bring a bunch of kids' books at first. I was like, we're just going to have story time. Um, So if I I start talking like, okay, guys, just know that's what's going on. Um, So... Got to... Got a training over there. <laughs> Gotta love church. Never know what's going to happen. Um, I'm just going to pray real fast, and then we'll see where God takes us. So, whew, Holy Spirit, we just invite your presence, God. God, we just release your peace, your purpose, God. Yeah, we just invite you in. God, we choose to look at you. Show us your eyes. Show us your heart. God, we thank you. It was really cool during baptism to see Josiah get baptized um, by his dad. There's just something about that that is a really powerful image for some reason to me. Well, not for some reason, an obvious reason. Um... But to me, it really stood out because I'm watching Todd, and he plugs Josiah's nose right before he goes under. I don't know if you noticed that. But to me, there's something so cool about the image of all we have to do is say yes to God, and he takes care of the rest. He plugs our nose for us. He leans us down. He brings us back up so we don't drown. He's got us safe. We just have to trust his arms. So it's cool. Ha! can see how long I can make it for a kite tonight. It's going to be good. Um, yeah. Sean, when you were getting baptized, I, um, I saw this angel standing behind you, and he was kind of like moving his hands like this with like that sneaky grin on him, his face, and I felt like Jesus just has some fun things in store for you. I think it's going to be good. So a couple months back, I was talking to Brent, and I had had a dream um, where I was up here, and I was talking about uh, fear, and um, I had asked him if I could preach, and so I shared with him kind of what was on my heart, and that was three months ago, I think, and I had written out a little mini sermon and was gave it actually to the high school youth group, um, and... I went back to give, to go over the notes again, and it felt like the same word, but totally different meaning behind it, because I feel like that's just the journey that God has us on this year, is I feel like it's a year of acceleration, and um, a year of the yes, and so, uh, but the thing that initiated it back then was, I was praying to God, and just kind of asking for a verse, and I heard Exodus 20, verse 3, which is, you shall have no other gods before me. And I read over it really quick, because um, grew up in 
Christian school, Christian home, was like, I know this verse, like Ten Commandments, all that stuff. Um, and God told me to pause and go back. And so I went back, and the words stood out again and again and again until I finally heard God say that it's not just other gods that you worship, but it could be something like fear. Fear can be a god. <laughs> because whatever you fear has power over it. And so if your attention is constantly looking at fear, anxiety, then your gaze is turned away and you're not being able to give your full praise to God. And so that led me on a journey of what does it mean to fear the Lord? Because growing up as a kid, I heard fear the Lord and I thought, okay, that means God has a hammer. He's going to hit me over the head if I do anything. And then I saw it as you're supposed to be like shaking in the presence of God, which I could do that for a while. But then I started feeling and hearing that God is a good God and a gracious God. And so it just didn't quite compare correctly. And in Deuteronomy, there we go, 10 verse 12 through 22, I won't read the whole thing to you, but specifically in verse 12 it says, And now, Israel, what does the Lord your God ask of you but to fear the Lord your God, to walk in obedience to him, to love him, to serve the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul, and to observe the Lord's commands and decrees that I am giving you today for your own good. To walk in obedience to him, to love him, to serve the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul. That idea of what you fear is where your focus is, is powerful. I'm terrified of spiders. Terrified. If I see a spider across the room, I can spot it like that. And my attention will go there. Bugs of any kind. I, I was in Cambodia um, for six months doing an internship. And they have cockroaches that are this big. Yes. And I don't like bugs at all. But these bugs, you try to step on, they don't die. <laughs> you, I tried to throw a shoe at one, and it chased me down the stairs. <laughs> Three flights of stairs. People are like, oh, it was just running. No, it followed me down the stairs around the corner until the dog finally got it. Um, yeah. Yeah, great dog. I had to bribe the dog with love to get it to finally kill it, but that's okay. I was willing to do anything at that point. Um, but I remember it was one of the first weeks I was in Cambodia and had just seen these cockroaches that are the size of your hand, it feels like. And I'm sitting in the front row at a church service <clears throat> listening to the uh, pastor preach, and all of a sudden a cockroach runs right across the front, um, like it would be running right here. And me and the pastor's wife are sitting in the front row, and instantly our attention is on it. And anything that that cockroach did, we were following it. Our gaze was there. He called us out, and we didn't even notice because she was married to him. So he was like, I see my wife is fully focused on this bug who's about to attack me. And we were just making sure it wasn't going to run toward us because we were in self-protect mode. <laughs> Which is something that we do with fear. We go into self-protect mode. We go into save yourself. Or we'll try to save others by controlling them by thinking, I'm going to keep you safe because this fear is so big that you can't survive it. 
instead of if you just look at God, who's like the giant boot, who can step it and crush it, then it's gone. <laughs> Proverbs 1, verse 7. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. Seeing where I'm taking this. This one stands out to me because we do still need instruction. And I think it's a hard point to figure out where God... Like, I've had two sides of the pendulum. Like, fear God, authoritarian, scary... God's super sweet, loving. So where does that fit as a father? Where does that fit as someone to watch, someone to learn from? And learning that the instruction comes and it's something that can be uncomfortable in the moment. But if you know that he's doing it with love and you're able to follow it and you're able to walk in it and you're able to keep your guys, your gaze on his heart, and see into his eyes and see where he's going. There's um, this study that was done. It's called the Visual Cliff. It's, um, they set up this table, and the baby crawls on it, and then there's one part of the table that's glass, so it looks like the baby's going to fall over. And so they have the mom stand on the other side, and if the baby's just crawling and it gets to the point where it looks like it's the edge, it's not going to move. But... They found that if the mom is standing there calling to the baby, supporting the baby, saying, you can do it, you can do it, the baby will keep crawling even though it doesn't know what's beneath it. (laughs) God isn't an angry God, but if you listen to his voice and you keep moving forward, he might be taking you into places that feel uncomfortable and feel vulnerable and feel new where you can't see where you're going to land. It's that idea of jumping off a cliff or, like Domelie was saying earlier, a cageless bird. It's learning to fly again, learning to soar again, learning to move again. His heartbeat for us should be louder than the voices that we're listening to around us. If you can grab onto his heartbeat, if you can learn his voice, if you can walk toward that voice and that's what your cue is, you can just keep going. And he'll tell you when to stop. Like, if it really is a cliff, he'll be like, oop, oop. And there's a safety in knowing that there's correction. There's a safety in knowing that there's instruction. I know Todd Lout has been like a dad to me for many years, since I was 16, so that's 12 years now. And there's been a lot of trust gained with him and a lot of safety with him and Karina, Ooh. being parents to me. And I remember there was one time I was going through a rough patch in my life, and I was doing some things that were, I felt so spinny that I was numb, and I was so numb that I was trying to feel something, and I was trying to feel something by doing things that were causing a feeling, even if they weren't healthy or good feelings, but at least I felt alive. And I remember Todd sat me down at coffee, 
and we were sitting there and I was just in a flurry because nothing made sense and I was spinning and I felt like I didn't know where I was going to end up. I didn't know where I was going to land. I was on a carousel. Oh, it was craziness. And he stopped me and he said, I know this doesn't make sense, but I keep hearing God say it. And I'm going to burst if I don't say it. And I need you to know it's said with love, but I'm going to be honest with you. I hear God saying that you're okay. What you're staring at isn't real and you just need to step out of it. And that I love you too much to let you keep going on the path you're on and you're making choices that you don't need to. And we had gained that trust, we had gained that safety, and the instant he said it, I could feel God's heart on it. And it, it was like running into like those nets where you have Velcro on you and you run and suddenly you stop. But it didn't feel harsh. It just felt like this net finally catching me and finally telling me that you're okay. Just to hear someone say, I see that you're spinning, but you're okay. That's so powerful. And he wasn't saying, you're doing it all right. Keep going. Keep dating that guy. You're fine. <laughs> yeah, he laughed because he was like, no. Um, <laughs> but he also gave me freedom in it. He wasn't going to shut down his love. He wasn't going to tell me, hey, if you keep going, I'm never going to talk to you again. He was just like, there's safety. Step into it. There's um, the show right now that's on. It's called This Is Us. Highly recommend it if you want to cry every single week. I definitely do. I sit there with my tissue box next to me ready to go. Um, but there is this one episode, and it's, it's this family that has every dynamic you can think of involved with it, and each character has its own story, and you get to see how the stories intertwine and how they connect, and there's this scene where the son is having horrible anxiety. He's freaking out, panicking, spinning, and the father simply takes his face, turns it back toward him, says, look in my eyes and breathe with me. And it's just that breath that they did over and over and over again until slowly he was able to come back into the moment, come back into the present, and see his father's eyes and see that it was okay. I struggled with anxiety for years, and there's something about being okay and being in the moment. And they teach you tricks like feeling the fabric on your legs or going through all the senses and seeing, okay, what am I hearing? What am I seeing? What am I smelling? But God is that instant in the moment, instant in the present. He's always with you. He's always right there in your situation. And the times when you feel the most crazy, the most spinny, is when there's the biggest invitation to just turn your gaze back and see, God, where are you? Because <laughs> I don't see you. I don't feel you. You say you're real. I can't deny you're real because I've had this experience in my past. I've felt your presence. I've felt the power of you. But right now, I'm not feeling power. And then all of a sudden, that moment hits where you're like, no matter what, you're there. And if you can say that and find that where you're choosing, he's there. And sometimes it's retraining your brain over and over. He's there. He's there. 
He's there. He might be looking different than he did yesterday, but you're in a different place today than you were yesterday. So you have to constantly look at where is he in this moment in your life, in this situation. I just finished reading the book Eve by, oh, my brain just went. Thank you. This is family. <laughs> Eve, Paul Young, right there. Um, but there's this place in Eve where a big theme is face-to-face -face with God and what they had in the garden. And the second that they turn their gaze from face-to-face -face with God is where you start hearing the fear, the lies, the doubt, and it's just that constant. Where's God? There's an invitation, and I feel like there's an invitation tonight. I feel like there's people in this room who have felt like they're spinning, and I just hear God whispering that he's got you. He's got you right now. Psalm 8, verse 2. God's word is perfect in every way. This is the passage, by the way, so if you're looking it up on your phones in NIV, it's going to look a little different, but... God's word is perfect in every way, how it revives our souls. His laws lead us to truth, and his ways change the simple into wise. His teachings make us joyful and radiate his life. His precepts are so pure. His commands, how they challenge us to keep close to his heart. The revelation light of his word makes my spirit shine radiant. This is what God's word does. This is the result of his instruction. I love Psalms. Right now, I'm reading it in the passage, and it's coming with whole new life. Passion, not passage, Passion Bible. But I like it because David was an emotional roller coaster. If you read it, he was like up and down and up and down and up and down, which... For me, is my life, like I see people who are steady and keep steady, and I'm amazed. But I, I love how I feel this connection with David, because a lot of the chapters where he seems the most miserable, it ends with hope, or it ends with him choosing hope. And I feel like there's something beautiful about being able to be in a situation and choosing that and finding it and seeking it out. Sometimes I will have to just grab a cup of coffee and say I'm getting five minutes of a break and that's my joy time of sitting. And in that place where I'm resting and returning my gaze to him, the whole rest of the day changes. <coughs> Going back to fear of the Lord and what he is like as a parent, there's four different types of parenting, according to a lot of the psychology or early childhood development books. There's passive, neglective, authoritative, and authoritarian. And during worship, God was talking to me about the difference between authoritative and authoritarian. And so I looked it up just to make sure I was remembering correctly. <laughs> but authoritative is what they find is the healthiest for kids because it 
brings structure. It has expectation, but knowing that the child has support. It has an open line of communication, and there's consistency in all of those. So they know what to expect. They know that love is going to be there all the time. Whereas authoritarian is very demanding and non-responsive. There's no choice. It's because I said so. There's punishment, where you reserve warmth if they do something wrong. It's very step back, pushed away. And God was just whispering about that song, Good, Good Father, and how he's been taking me on a journey to see that structure is like a butterfly habitat, where it's a place where there's walls, maybe, boundaries, good boundaries from God, where you're safe to be in, you're allowed to thrive, you're allowed to grow, you're allowed to live the full life that you were meant to have, but you're safe. Birds aren't going to get you. They are watching out for people. You're able to enjoy the beauty. There's usually a waterfall, at least a marine world. <laughs> Consistency. It goes back to Isaiah in children's ministry. Where's our soaking time? God's going to be there. He might ask things of you, but there's support. He's pushing you towards something bigger, and he's got you in it. When we're able to fear the Lord, we're looking through his eyes. We're looking through his lenses. And if you look through his eyes, you get to see dreams. You get to see the dreams he has for you, the dreams that make you burn, the passions that you have. It's a reflection of the beauty, both yours and the world, that you get to see. It might not always be the path you expect to get to those dreams. I know my life has been detour after detour after detour, but every year I look back and I realize I'm closer to what God's promised from the beginning, and I just keep going. And there's days where I end up way over there, and God's like, oop, pull back. I saw this image when I woke up 3 in the morning the other day. It's kind of a weird one. I didn't apologize ahead of time. But I saw a toilet. It was very clogged. And I saw, it's like if you don't just clear out the toilet right away and you keep piling things in and piling things in, it gets worse and worse and worse. And I felt like I saw God saying, that that's how it is with our dreams. We have fears that block it at first, and we think that's not possible. What about this? What about that? What about this? And it's the first layer. And then we add more, and we add more, and we add more, and then we're never able to flush, to release, and move forward. Glad Todd was in here for that one. I was on the way in the car with Brett, and I was telling him that. And as I was talking, I heard, don't be an outhouse, porta potty, be a flushing toilet. <laughs> Gotta let it go. Don't keep it in.
see what happens when you hand me the mic. <laughs> Find your heartbeat in the dream, though. I, I work with teens, so you, know, you hear the big dreams of, I want to be on stage in front of a million people singing out, which we have the ones who say it in our group, I actually truly believe that they could do it. They have the gift, they have the passion, they have spirit when they sing. But sometimes look at what the heartbeat is. Your heartbeat is to sing and to write songs that worship God. So how can you do that today before you get the big stage? And we're so afraid to take the leap to get all the way and Honestly, we're not ready to get all the way. Like, I've had dreams of opening an orphanage with 150 kids. If I were to open that orphanage tomorrow, oh, no, not ready. But if I can take those steps of, I'm going to go work in children's ministry. I'm going to go do some school. I'm going to volunteer. Little baby steps. I'm going to learn patience by being around my little baby cousins who scream and scream and scream. I nannied for a kid who screamed for three hours with little breaks. But I found such a love for that little baby. And by the end of the day, that kid came running to me anytime I was around because I learned how to be a safe place. So what can you do today to help that heart beat in you? Does it mean singing out louder in a store, a song that God's putting in your heart? He made me do a year of fear, where every month I had to do one thing that scared me. He didn't make me. He suggested it. I chose it. But it was little things at first, and then it was big things, like, are you willing to love someone? Are you willing to let someone see you without masks on? And each month I sat down and asked God, God, what are we going to work on this month? And then I heard it, and then I waited. And as soon as it came, I knew, because instantly I was, ooh, can't breathe. I don't want to do this. I quit. <laughs> and the things kept getting bigger and bigger and bigger every month. But he had to wipe out the fear. And he had to teach me that he was safe. And that the littlest thing of me coloring and letting someone see my picture. Work with the kids, they get your fear right out. Because they're going to make you sing, they're going to make you dance. Especially with Brett as the teacher. He does a song that it makes you do both. <laughs> but every time you take a step out, you see that the ground's still under you. And there's times where it hurt, I fell, I'll be honest, there were times that kind of sucked. But those times God was right there. And he was like, do you know you're still loved? Do you know that you're still capable? Do you know that it's still possible? Times when I didn't do it, do you know I still love you even though you didn't do it? Did you know I still want you to do it the next time though? That was the hard one, because I was like, yay, I'm still loved. I can stop here. And he's like, no, there's a bigger purpose. Do you want the bigger purpose? And he asked, do you want it? And it meant getting out of my comfort zone.
Letting fear be where your gaze is leads to you wanting to control things. You wanting to control things helps you, keeps you holding back your dreams further because you're scared to go into it. Fear of the Lord gives him control, listens to what he has to say, helps you walk into your dreams. Bill Johnson said, when God's your servant, you'll be disappointed. When you're God's servant, you'll be amazed. If you're mad at him for not doing things exactly how you expect, you'll always be frustrated and miss exactly what he's doing. I'm a planner, so that's hard. Because he takes me way far away from what my five-year, 10-year, 20-year plan was. But I see myself standing here today in the exact place that God had promised me if I had walked. And it wasn't at all the path I thought I'd be. There's still some things where I'm like, hey, remember that, that, that. But my life, I feel what joy is like. I feel what love is like. And if you had asked me that a few years ago, I couldn't have said. I'm going to read <clears throat> Psalm 23 to you out of the Passion Bible, right? Yes. Is that what it's called? Yes. Psalm 23. And I want you guys to just close your eyes and rest for a few minutes as I read it. Just let the words sink in. I may read through it twice, just so you catch it all. The Lord is my best friend and my shepherd. I always have more than enough. He offers a resting place for me in his luxurious love. His tracks take me to an oasis of peace, the quiet brook of bliss. That's where he restores and revives my life. He opens before me pathways to God's pleasure and leads me along in his footsteps of righteousness so that I can bring honor to his name. Lord, even when your path takes me through the valley of deepest darkness, fear will never conquer me, for you already have. You remain close to me and lead me through it all. Your authority is my strength and my peace. The comfort of your love takes away my fear. I'll never be lonely, for you are near. You become my delicious feast even when my enemies dare to fight. You anoint me with the fragrance of your Holy Spirit. You give me all I can drink of until my heart overflows. So why did I fear the future? Why would I fear the future? For your goodness and love pursue me all the days of my life. Then afterward, when my life is through, I'll return to your glorious presence to be forever with you. I love in verse 3 where it says, that's where he restores and revives my life. In the oasis of peace, the quiet, quiet brook of bliss. He opens before me pathways to God's pleasure and leads me along in his footsteps of righteousness. That verse, if you look down in the little notes, it says that it can also say circular paths of righteousness. 
It says, it is a common trait for sheep on the hillsides of Israel to circle their way up higher. They eventually form a path that keeps leading them higher. This is what David is referring to here. Each step we take following our shepherd will lead us higher, even though it may seem we are going in circles. Verse 6, so why would I fear the future? For your goodness and love pursue me all the days of my life. God has big plans for you. He has a safe place for you. He has peace for you. He has words of hope and promise. He has words of correction out of love. He has both sides. It's just about turning your gaze back to him. Psalm 34, verse 7. The angel of the Lord stooped down to listen as I prayed, encircling me, empowering me, and showing me how to escape. He will do this for everyone who fears God. Todd, can you come up and play for a second? We're going to take some time. Just do an encounter real quick. Have some time to just connect with God. Chat with him about all this. So Holy Spirit, we invite you. God, will you draw us into you? Hear us hear your heartbeat. Help us hear our own heartbeat. What your heart burns for, what our heart burns for. So right now I want you to just picture God the Father staring at you. of hope, love, oasis of peace, quiet brook of bliss. Just ask him to show you the reflection and just sit there for a minute.
having an anxiety right now, just ask God if there's anything you're afraid of.
chains over our hearts. God, show us what we can do this month. Just push us a little more toward that dream. Stir our hearts where we draw near to you. So if you guys want to stay in this place, you're more than welcome to. If we can have the prayer teams come up, we're going to have people up here available if you need someone to pray with you. Family can be safety too. just want to sit and soak for a while and that's great um i really is that okay if i just share a little bit of it is that okay all right so i just want to share a cool story because um billy has been just with us for a few few times and he was uh, recently uh, prayed for and had had to go in for he was going to go in for heart surgery with four blocked arteries and um amazingly two of them were just miraculously completely fine and open and um, you know, and still, and this, and the stints were put in the other ones, and he's feeling so much better. But even you know, the doctors were pretty amazed, and uh, and uh, so we just had a great time of prayer, even at the break, just for for the full restoration. So we're praying that over you, Billy, just full restoration. Um, but I, I, I'm sharing that just because uh, I want to encourage you. You know, sometimes we just think, well, my condition is just the way it is. And uh, I, I'm, I'm, it's starting to really mm, fire me up all over again of, of um, the healing that's supposed to take place in the kingdom. It's supposed to be normal that we pray for people and they get well. That, you know, we pray for conditions and they go away. That is the kingdom normal. 
and sometimes through discouragement or whatever, we kind of just shy away. But I just want to encourage you to believe again, agree again, and if you want prayer to come up for that today, okay? So bless you all, and if you need to soak, please do that.